What's up? Happy Tuesday. I know this is a little weird with this episode coming out on a Tuesday, but we have made it to the season finale of Life at Peace. So this is the end of season one. This is part one. Part two will be coming out tomorrow, but we're going to talk about friendships to round out this first season. And I'm going to go over a little bit of uh, general topics today, but then tomorrow I'll go into more personal experiences with my past friendships and how I've learned some lessons from those. I picked friendships because I've been sitting on this topic for a while and since February, really. This is one that's really important, I believe. It's it's a big deal to focus on because growing up in church, for me, I didn't really hear too much from the pastor about godly friendships or what those are supposed to look like. The emphasis is usually on dating and marriage and how to pursue someone if you're romantically interested in them, even before the dating stage. So rightfully so, I believe. I mean, those are significant relationships. But when it came to friends, I always kind of felt like we were left to fend for ourselves and really just take some take a hint about who we were and weren't supposed to hang out with. We always got the general be careful who you hang out with and watch who you keep company with. Bad company corrupts good character, that whole deal. But I wanted to do a deep dive into that topic because of the experiences I've had in my own friendships and just to help out anyone else who might be in the same boat where they didn't really get too much instruction on that growing up. So the first thing I want to hit on is the idea of quantity over quality. So I'll just be honest, I don't have a lot of friends, but I'm okay with that. It took a while to get to that point, though, because I used to be just so afraid of being lonely, just being by myself. I went through several consecutive seasons of losing friends, which I'll go into more detail about tomorrow with part two. But I just, I started to question, because of those seasons, I started questioning what was wrong with me, that people got bored of me, got tired of me, whatever it was. And people wouldn't, they didn't text me all the time, or they didn't didn't invite me to things a lot. And I know back then we used to say, (laughs) people would say, oh man, my phone is dry, if they weren't getting any messages or notifications. And so, yep, my phone was dry, it was parched, it was dehydrated, it was all of the above. I was not someone that always got uh, text invites or just really the the popular, the cool kid to go to. I was a nerd in high school, though, so I did help a lot of people with their homework. So that was my crowning achievement of of my teenage years. But um, yeah, that that was the extent of my fame journey through school, which, you know, at the time I was just kind of like, oh, well, I guess that's just how it is. But it did kind of hurt a little bit, too. However, with friends, I am discovering that less is more. I'm someone who prefers to be close with a few people, and I can get by just fine entertaining myself or being alone, spending quiet time. Myers-Briggs tells me that I'm an E for being extroverted, but I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) I would probably say I'm an ambivert with introvert tendencies. And because of this, I'm discovering the the value of quality friends. So even if I don't have many friends, I can look around at my circle and know that, okay, these are all quality people that I am happy to be close to. And with quality friends, there's the chance to go deeper with intimacy, to, to open up more to them, to confide in them, to share parts of your life with them that maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable sharing with someone else. And there's just more freedom to be yourself, which I think is the best part. But if your goal is quantity with friendships, then you may end up knowing a lot of people without getting to confide in them or get to know who they are on a deeper level. So in other words, your friendships may stay at surface level, even though you know a lot of people, you have a lot of people's numbers, and you have a lot of people that you can reach out to if you got bored or were just looking for something to do. 
And honestly, in a bigger group of people, there's it's a little bit harder to get to know everyone for this reason. You know, there's certain people that we just click with. Maybe they just get us. They just understand us better than anyone else does. And we those are the friendships that I think they come along and we just hit it off with that person immediately and everything is great. And maybe you just can't put your finger on why, but you just really connect with that person. And since this is such a cool and unique experience, good luck trying to find this with 20 other people. <laughs> um, usually in bigger groups, there's the people that you really, really like. You you want to buddy up and, and cozy up to them and get to know them better. There's people that are, they're okay in small doses, but you, you wouldn't really go out of your way to hang out with them. Then there's people that you just don't want to know. Last week, I started my transformational leadership and ethics class. And one thing that we hit on at the end of class was Aristotle's philosophy on friendship. And according to this philosophy, there are three types of friendships. There's friendships based on utility, on pleasure, and on virtue. So a utility-based friendship, this is when you really get to know someone because you're interested in what they can do for you. So it's really a transactional type of relationship. And I, what I think about with this is school. Maybe there was a class that you really struggled in. Let's say it was something calculus or statistics, whatever. And you knew that there was some kid in the class who always made A's on the test. He was the reason why the test would, wouldn't get curved, you know, whatever the deal was. And finally just decide, okay, I'm just going to make friends with this person so that they can help me out and that I can, you know, pass this pass pass this class and be done with it. So in those situations, you are looking for the person to be of service to you in some way, and you're just really interested in what you can get from them. But then after you've used them for what you need, you're done. So after that class is over, you're done. You move on and you look for the next person that can help you move along. Friendships based on pleasure are when you're interested in the person because of the cool things you get to do with them or the fun things that you get to do. So for this one, maybe there's a you have a wealthy friend who always is able to take these really nice trips or they can afford to do things that you couldn't do on your own. And so hanging out with them gets you into that circle and you can be you can be the beneficiary of the cool experiences that they get to have. And so in this situation, you're friends with them, not so much for them. You don't really want to know them more, but you're interested in what uh, what you get to do with them. Uh, the the experiences, the memories that you get, you get to make and the people that you get to know. So this one is kind of another, maybe it's a step up from utility. So you're not just uh, done with them after, um, after they've provided a service for you, but you hang out with them as long as you can, because the longer that you get to uh, hang out with them, you become more privy to the things that they get to do in their life. The third type of friendship, according to Aristotle's philosophy, is a virtue-based friendship. And so I think this is the one that we all secretly want, <laughs> because I think we all want someone who understands us, um, friend-wise I'm talking about. We want to have friends that really care about us as people. They want to hang out with us in spite of all of our shortcomings and quirks and all of that. And so a virtue-based friendship is when you really enjoy your friend's company and you just want them. It doesn't matter what you guys do together. You could meet up and go get some food and spend the rest of your time talking and it would be just as fulfilling and just as satisfying as if you'd gotten to go on a cool ski trip or something. Like in a, in a virtue-based friendship, you really just want the person. You want to know more of them and you're just happy for any chance you get to experience life with them. A virtue-based friendship is really one that this one has the best chance of making it to that deep level of friendship. 
The other two that I just talked about, you know, those could be surface level for a while and, you know, maybe it breaks through to the deep level, but a virtue friendship where you truly just like the person, um, I think that has the best chance of being a lifelong friendship and really just serving both of you well in the long run. At the end of the class, our professor had us do an exercise where we listed out all the people that we call friends and we categorized them according to which of the three types of friendships we thought that they belonged to. So it was a really good reminder of you know, where we really where we value our friendships and, and what each one looks like. And so this would be cool to try if you're curious or you really want to know what you think of your friends. Just um, list them out and, and try the same exercise and you might be surprised or not, hopefully, by what you see. I want to talk now about the idea of love and friendship. So when you first meet someone, you're first getting to know who they are, just exchanging information, all that stuff. I believe if you really hit it off with the person or if you really like them or think that, hey, this is someone that's pretty cool, then the friendship starts off with both people liking each other, like maybe you admire each other, respect each other. But as time goes on and you create more memories, uh, you develop trust and you experience life together, go through different situations, different uh, tragedies maybe, or any type of bonding experience where you see that they're someone that you can depend on and they feel the same way about you, I believe that's when love grows. The first time I had a friend tell me she loved me was in fifth grade, and it actually kind of weirded me out a little bit, <laughs> um, because until that point in my little 10-year-old brain, I love you was something that I was only supposed to hear from my family. So hearing it from someone I wasn't related to, I was like, I, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> um, but the love between friends is very real, and it's strong. And I think when it gets to that point, you're not just spending time with your friend because you are interested in uh, what they their hobbies are because you think they're cool, I think at that point you just really care deeply about them and their success and their issues and you just want to be the best support for them that you can be. And so now my friends and I, we tell each other, I love you all the time. There's nothing weird about it. It's not uncomfortable. It's just, it's pure love and we have pure motives and we all just want the best for each other. We want each other to be happy and to succeed in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 lays out the perfect description of love that I believe is applicable to any relationship, whether it's romantic, platonic, or a familial relationship. So it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. To truly love our friends, we have to put this scripture into action. So, this means that we can't be afraid to give 100%, even if it's not reciprocated. Now, if you're always giving 100% and getting nothing back, then I would say you probably need to reevaluate and ask, does this person really want to be friends with me? Because I believe it takes both people to maintain the friendship, and so one person trying to do all the legwork is probably not a good sign for the longevity of the friendship. What I'm talking about here, though, is not being afraid to text or call the other person if you want to catch up, if you want to meet up with them or coordinate some day that you guys can both take some time off work and, and see each other, whatever the case may be. I mean, I know there was this whole 
maybe it's not so much anymore, at least with my generation, but people used to be afraid of texting first or calling first because they thought it meant that they cared too much or cared more than the other person did. And it's like, that's silly. <laughs> like If both people are sitting around with that uh, mindset and they're thinking that same thing, then no one's ever going to get called or texted. It's just going to be like, well, I hope they reach out to me. You know, I, ta- I texted them last time. So no, instead, you know, we can't always sit around waiting for people to reach out to us. So instead, maybe a lot of times you'll need to be that person to to check on your friends or be that person to remind them how special they are to you, how much you love them and care about them. Let them know even that you're just thinking about them. Maybe there's nothing really to say, but you just, you miss them and you want them to know that and you want them to know that you care. So just like we strive for healthy romantic relationships, I believe we should also strive for healthy friendships. So don't fight me on this. I know a lot of people tend to get defensive if, you know, they think they're being accused of doing something unhealthy or not doing it the right way. That's not what I'm trying to convey here. I'm just going to share my experiences with friendships or what I think is healthy based on scripture and on my experiences with past friends, with my current group of friends, you know, all that good stuff. So first of all, I think that both people need to put in the effort. It's not going to be equal effort all the time, as we kind of got into a little bit earlier. Just because if you're wanting a lifelong friendship, then you got to be prepared to endure life with that person. So that means the friendship needs to be strong enough to survive distance, being uh, separated for extended periods of time, to survive tragedy, to survive just seasonal changes, uh, like seasons within life. Where maybe you met, maybe you made friends with a person when they, when you guys were both single, but now you both have families, and it's a changing dynamic, and you don't have as much time for them as you used to. Things like that. A lifelong friendship is going to endure all types of conflicts, all types of challenges, but um, in order for the friendship to last, both people have to do their part, even if it's a little bit lopsided at times. With all of that said, that would mean that both people need to feel secure in the friendship. And this would mean not getting jealous, for example, when our friends make new friends and spend time with other people besides us. Just like with a romantic relationship, friends should know where they stand with each other. And there should never really be a question of, you know, are we still, are we good? (laughs) Are they still talking to me? Do they still like me? Like that, that shouldn't be happening in a secure friendship. Both people should have a solid idea of what the other person means to them. And so just like I mentioned earlier, a secure friendship would be able to endure the passage of time, personal growth within each individual, and just changing dynamics. The long distance thing is important to me. I just I want to stress that just because it's really easy to feel like you're close friends with someone when the proximity is there. So when you physically see them every day and you can count on hanging out with them, grabbing food, whatever the case may be, studying together, um, whatever you can think of. Uh, School friendships are just a classic example of this because in school, you know, you can count on seeing them after a summer break and you come back and like, hey guys, it's what's up and you catch up on your summer. During the school year, you might see them so much that you get tired of them. (laughs) Um, But a lot of times because of this, we're lulled into believing that we're better friends with people than we actually are. And so when school is out or when you are no longer in a circle where you're seeing that person all the time, then you start to realize, 
then then the truth comes out are you really friends with them or are you as good a friend as you thought you were who's still going to keep up with you who cares about your life after um you know down the road and for the next five ten years 20 years um who was invited to your wedding and if you're not married yet or you we want to be married who would you invite to your wedding based on the friends that you made in college or during some other season of your life so, um, and who can you reach out to when you're struggling? So like all of these questions, um, the distance will really bring to light who is there for you, who has your back and who is still thinking about you, even when they, you know, you go extended periods of time without seeing each other. A big part of a healthy friendship is the ability for both people to be themselves. Otherwise the friendship is going to be built on who you think the other person is or who they think you are. And then when who you really are shows up and it doesn't make sense, it conflicts with who they thought you were, then that's going to be a really hard lesson for everyone to learn. And it's going to be eye-opening and maybe not the best way for either of you. So you should never have to dial back your personality or tone anything down about yourself, not withholding any part of you. Just authentically be you and don't apologize for it. There are friends out there for every single personality type. The final aspect I want to hit on of a healthy friendship is the idea of boundaries. So yes, these should exist in friendships too, not in just not just in romantic relationships. So, for example, I never call any of my friends derogatory terms or call them outside their name in a derogatory way. So, like I <laughs> Uh, I'm going to keep it clean, but like, you know, there's a certain word starts with a B, ends with an itch. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? You know, fill in the blank. But <laughs> I know some people have that relationship with their friends. So that's just something that me and my circle of friends agreed that we didn't want to do. Like, that's just not a thing that we do. And apart from that, it just doesn't, those words just don't sound natural coming out of any of our mouths. <laughs> so we couldn't pull it off if we tried. Um, another thing, I like to hug. I'm a big hugger. And my friends know this about me. Some people aren't really big on physical touch. And so maybe some friendships, you'll get a high five if that. <laughs> well, otherwise, don't touch me. And um, emotionally speaking, you know, more than once, my close friends have literally been a shoulder for me to cry on and me for them. So deep, sensitive and personal topics are not off limits in my friendships. And I'm very thankful for that because there's just some times, man, you just got to be raw, you got to be vulnerable, and you and it's just a blessing to be able to do that with a good group of friends. Some people don't respond well to crying, though, even if it is a friend, so maybe there's some friends out there that you might want to think twice about having a breakdown in front of. Another important boundary has to do with humor. <laughs> so, some people are naturally more playful than others, and you can pick up on this pretty quickly when you make friends with someone, what what they generally laugh at, what they don't find funny, the things that they get offended by. If anything, some people have a really thick skin and they're just really they're able to roll things just roll off real quickly. Um, but then also you want to look at how they react to being pranked or surprised. <laughs> And that can really tell you how far you can go or how far you should go when you're messing with them. My friend group has a great sense of humor, but I can only think of one person in the group who's really a bit of a prankster. And even then, she didn't do anything too crazy while we were in college. It was just little, like we'd get each other gag gifts or she'd 
um, just hide stuff around my dorm room that I would, I'd be looking for (laughs) and didn't know where it was until like a few months later, stuff like that. Um, but man, the right prank could be relationship ending (laughs) if you do it on the wrong person. So just be, be aware of that. Be cautious, you know, know your friends' personalities and, and don't abuse that. You know, if they, if they tell you or they let you know that they don't like something, then respect that. And, um, I think then your friendship should be all good. (laughs) My parents always tell me that we teach people how to treat us, whether it's a stranger, coworker, family member, or a friend. In friendships, whatever behavior we let slide is our green light to let the other person know they can keep doing it and that it doesn't bother us. Not too long ago, I actually had one friend try to call me the B word. (laughs) It was playful, but I didn't care. I shut that down real quick. That's not something that I've ever been okay with, and I wanted to let him know that up front. We're still good friends, but in that moment, I had to decide if it was, you know, if I was okay with that comment that he made. All of this to say, if your friend doesn't like being called a certain nickname, or if they don't like hugs, or if they don't want to come up with a secret handshake or something, (laughs) respect their wishes and don't force it. Going back to 1 Corinthians, if you really love your friends, you can't be selfish or self-serving in the friendship. So both people need to be considerate of the other one's needs and wants for the friendship to last. And so this is really important to focus on. And just because you find something funny or you find something non-offensive doesn't mean that your friend will will feel that way about it. So just all things to keep in mind for a long-lasting and healthy friendship. So as we start to wrap up part one here, just want to leave y'all with a couple different thoughts. Deep level friendships take time. Unless, of course, you make friends in the core and then they're instant. (laughs) So if you've got one, then just do your part to maintain it and don't take it for granted. Just even having one or two good friends is just amazing and it's such a blessing. Just one or two people that really, really want the best for you and that really are concerned about your well-being. And everyone's friendships are going to look different because we're all different. Different personalities, different expectations, different ideas of healthy, (laughs) and different ideas of what boundaries are. And so there may be people listening who couldn't disagree more with what I've said. And you know what? That's okay. (laughs) One thing I want to make sure I drive home, though, is just pay attention to how your friends treat you and whether they actually demonstrate that you're important to them. Then, based on that, you can decide for yourself if the friendship is worth fighting for or not. And that's the end of part one, y'all. So we'll be back tomorrow for part two, and I'm going to go into some more personal details about my friendships, past and present, and just different things I'm learning and lessons that I have learned and share those with you guys. Uh, As always, leave a positive review, share this with your circle. Make sure that everyone who you want to hear this message can hear it. And um, I'm so thankful for the support so far. Looking forward to sharing part two with you guys. And I will catch you in just a little bit. Peace.